Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Stephen Finn is a photographer and also a LinkedIn expert. He uses both networking meetings and LinkedIn to grow his business, and we had a chat about both in this interview. Thank you very much for being my guest on the podcast, Stephen. It is a pleasure. It's great to have you here. Now, Stephen, you're here. Um, I've invited you as, as a LinkedIn expert, but I know that's not all you do. I, I've been looking at your LinkedIn profile, and um, I know that your, your profession actually is photography. But what really interested me was the fact that you have a PhD in biochemistry. So how did you get from biochemistry to photography? Uh, I got dumped. I came up to Dundee. I was I did a postdoc in London Imperial College and I had two job offers, one in Cambridge and one in Dundee. And as you probably know, the topography of, of Cambridge is quite flat and mm. Dundee is a, bit, is a bit more hilly in Scotland. So essentially, the Cambridge people didn't sell Cambridge very well to me. You're paying London prices, you'll be commuting. And the, the previous person basically left because they had accommodation problems. Mm. Whereas when I went to Dundee, they're saying, well, flats are dirt cheap. You've got all of Scotland just at your doorstep. And then they were telling me, oh, well, the commuting, oh, well, he takes five minutes to walk. <laughs> so basically they were commuting by, by foot. Yeah. And I was living in, I was in the, living in the suburbs of London and it was an hour door to door on a good day. And obviously you're paying a silly yeah. amount of money for commuting. So it was a bit of a no brainer. So I came up to Dundee, did my, my stint there. And then halfway through my uh, postdoc, my boss decided he was actually going to relocate the lab to Canada Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, I wasn't on the guest list. Mm -hmm. So I was staying put and I was getting quite disillusioned with science. So I thought, OK, well, maybe this is maybe this is a sign that I should be doing something else. Well, it always struck me that when I was doing the talk, so essentially you do all your experiments and then you present the data. Mm -hmm. So I think it was took it as a sign that I actually liked doing the slides. That was my favourite bit. Mm. Making the slides. Didn't like doing the talk so much, but doing the slides. So I've always sort of had a graphical photographical photographer that's not even a word is it? <laughs> photography background but um yeah so I thought okay how can I earn some money without retraining and I thought let's try photography you can't actually earn that much money in photography um so I was doing stock photography for many years so I had I, I, I would looking back I'd probably taken my retirement early mm. so I had a few I had quite a number of years of traveling around Scotland went to the states had like five six week road trips around the states just going to loads of different cities taking photographs and then traveling around all Scotland, going to all the Scottish Isles. I don't actually drive, which as a photographer is quite a handicap. Mm. But I know the bus series quite well. There's actually a bus you can get from Inverness to Durness. And if you miss it, you've got to wait two weeks for the next one. <laughs> so that's a bus you, you really want to arrive. And it's yeah. actually for the locals. So the locals come down from Durness in the morning. They have a day trip, a sort of shopping trip in Inverness. And in the evening, then they pick them up. So essentially, it was... I know, 12 humans and 50 bags of shopping in this in this minibus. Anyway, yeah, so eventually I thought the stock photography wasn't really earning as much as it should be. So then I started switching to business, to, to more B2B stuff. So I was doing headshots, I was doing event photography, things like that. And um, what was the question again? Well, just how you got from biochemistry photography. Yeah, so yeah, so it basically, <laughs> yeah. So how, how then did you come from photography to networking well i was as when i was doing stock photography essentially 
you would take the photographs, you'd upload them to a website, and if somebody needed a photograph of a particular thing, then they would buy it for the agency, and then the agency would send you your money. Mm-hmm. And when I started that off for that particular agency, it was 65-35 in my favour, and towards the end, it was 60-40 in their favour. Mm. So I was thinking, this is not... And they're setting the prices. So I thought, okay, let's start actually dealing more businesses. And of course, I didn't really know anybody in Dundee. So I joined the Chamber of Commerce and essentially there was a free event with nice sandwiches. I was there (laughs) Um, and just um, taking photo and just basically talking to people. Though I did actually find when I was actually doing the event photography, I was taking photographs, but I was actually doing networking at the same time, Mm. which which was an issue for some people, but um, hey-ho. And so how long was it? between you starting to use networking as a way to grow your business um, and actually setting up some networks of your own? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Probably about 18 months because the problem as I found was there was a lot of stuff going on first thing in the morning or late in the evening. And my partner works full time. So essentially I was in charge of the school run. So if you've got to start using after school clubs and breakfast clubs to attend an event... You're obviously yeah. spending money. You could be sp- possibly spending money for the event and then spending money for childcare. So I thought, this doesn't really fit in my schedule. So I thought, well, how about something at lunchtime? But there wasn't really much many things at lunchtime. So I thought, well, how about setting something up myself? And there was one particular event I w- attended and then I was, someone was visiting from outside of Dundee and I said, oh, have you been to the V&A Museum yet? And he said, oh, no, 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 oh, let's, I'll, I'll walk you over there. And we essentially walked from where the event was held to the museum. And we had a chat along the way. Mm. And, I was, and it was essentially that part of Dundee, it's, there's not much traffic. It's quite a pedestrianised area. And I thought, that was really good. And I'm thinking, because I know we've all been, um, back in the day when you'd go to one of these events and you'd be sitting beside somebody at, at, at one of these, at a table, and then you realise, I have nothing in common with this person. This is not going well, but I can't just get up. I mean, how many times can you go to the toilet and then bed? <laughs> You're stuck there. Yeah. Whereas I found with the, with the net walking, because it's one of these things where I, I hadn't actually heard of it. I basically sort of thought of the idea myself of a, it's been reinvented before other places. But I thought, well, that works really well because then you can break into little groups and then you just have a chat. And you think about golf, essentially most of that, they're just walking and talking. I mm. mean, all the business that goes on on the golf course because yeah. they're literally having a stroll. And the fact that you're moving, I've actually heard of there's some therapists and they'll actually take people out for a walk and they'll basically talk through the problems. So I found it really good. And I thought, well, I'll pick a central location in Dundee. I'll have it at lunchtime. And then all the office workers are sure to flock and come and join, join in. Mm-hmm. How wrong was I? <laughs> there was one big office block with, with a, which has a law firm in it, there's probably three or 400 people there. Two people on two separate occasions came from the office building. Yeah. So essentially I had people coming from Aberdeen, because this is Dundee, so I had people coming from Forfa, yeah. Aberdeen, other places in Fife. Some lady who used to actually have another event the day before would, was actually coming from Aviemore. <laughs> and the best one ever was actually somebody who came from Guildford, near London but she was actually visiting relatives but she'd seen my stuff on LinkedIn and then she thought oh I'll come along and and meet you and and have a chat but the thing is Dundee at the moment they're doing lots of redevelopment work Mm -hmm. and they'd actually so you've got the waterfront and they put a lovely pathway up so you can essentially walk for about a mile in a loop 
And the only time you actually get any traffic noise is when you pass underneath the, the Tay Road Bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's a sort of weird noise. Whereas you compare that to Aberdeen, where you've got the, the harbour in the centre of the city, but of course for the oil and gas industry, it's all yeah. fenced off. Yeah. So you've got no access to the water. Whereas in Dundee, you've got a nice wide path. So we used to meet outside the V&A Museum. The only thing about the networking was that I was always stressing about the weather. Yes, yeah. Because if it rained, then I knew it was going to be a disaster. I think there was a couple of times we walked in drizzle. One time it was a complete washout and we actually went to the pub. <laughs> there was a big pub that they'd open up in, under Caird Hall and we just basically got a corner of the room and there was about 12, 15 of us and we all sat and had, had, had a, tr- a drink and a chat. I think I was the only one drinking, drinking um, anything stronger than coffee because... <laughs> Obviously, I didn't have to worry about driving anywhere. Yeah, yeah but just it, it was quite ridiculous that it was for the office workers, but it was actually people coming from from elsewhere that were joining us. Yeah. So tell me what happened to that when the lockdown happened, because presumably you couldn't carry on doing networking. Well, someone mentioned to me that Nicola Sturgeon had said, OK, we're discouraging people from meeting in groups. So I think I, I think the first click and talk was the 18th of March. So to remind everybody, the, the lockdown actually started in Scotland, I think it was like the 23rd of March. It was mm-hmm. actually the following week. So we actually jumped the gun. It's like, OK, this is coming. Let's try it on Zoom. And so I, I basically, I think I, the first time I tried Zoom was about two days before I did recite mm-hmm. the first click and talk. And someone mentioned all this breakout room. So I think maybe not the first one, but maybe the second or third, we tried to start doing the breakout rooms. Yeah. Because I had had some experience with Teams, um, but I didn't enjoy the format. And the thing is, another reason for Click and Talk was that some of the actual local business, local sort of networking things, they were essentially doing webinars. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't networking. You'd listen to someone talking. Yeah. And at the end, there'd be five minutes basically saying, oh, you said a business? Yeah. Said a business? Yeah. That wasn't networking. That was almost like attendance at school. Yeah, yeah. Whereas because with, with the walk and talk, we're meeting in small groups. Well, how can we, how can we uh, keep the dynamics of it, of talking in small groups? So, I mean, there were occasions when there's only seven of us in the room. Mm-hmm. There was no point doing breakout rooms then. So no. we just have a general discussion. We maybe just take turns in saying what was up. But I mean, for the first bit of lockdown, that was the only bit of networking I was doing because the children were, were in the house yeah. and it wasn't, it wasn't feasible at all. Whereas then come August, then I started, I joined the FSB and then started going a bit crazy with the, with the networking. Now, you and I met through um, a group that you are, are part of, the Be Successful at Business Networking Online. How, how did that one come about? Well, I met Lady, she gets this story wrong, actually. So <laughs> I met Lady on an FSB call. So she's got a book about online networking. So she was basically plugging the book and saying, oh, we're having a virtual book launch. So I then went to the virtual book launch, and then Mark Jarvis runs an event. So I was complaining that I was running an event weekly, and I thought mm-hmm. that was that was quite a push. I was telling, I wrote an article just yesterday and saying, weekly is a bit brutal, but Mark Jarvis actually runs an event three times a week, mm. which is just in just insanity, insanity in my, that, that's, I couldn't handle that. So I actually then met her a few times at that, and then she obviously realized I was doing LinkedIn stuff. So she said, oh, I want to set up a LinkedIn group um, for about, about online networking to publicize the book and the course. And I said, yes, yeah, fine, I can give you a few pointers on that. And then a bit later on, because the thing with LinkedIn groups is in the current format, they don't really work. Hmm. They just, there's too much stopping and starting because it's, I think it's a question of you not getting notified that people are posting. Yeah. But a lot of people will join a LinkedIn group 
they'll post things very salesy, but then they'll actually won't go back to see what's going on. So see, lady wanted to set up a group. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a few pointers. And then a few weeks in, I said, do you think we should set up, do you want to do a, a Zoom meetup? Do you think that might get things going a bit more? So I said to her, do you want to do a group? She said, yeah, you host it and I'll do the back back office stuff. So um, I, I basically sent out all the invitations and then try and do the sort of the, the Zoom rooms and things. Um, I think, and then we're just trying to do the two the two breakout rooms, and then we've got the the lightning pitches, which is like a ten second pitch, because essentially I think the last time we had one there was forty two of us on the mm. call. So you can say sixty seconds to some people, you can say thirty seconds to people, but invariably some people have the same pitch in their head. So if you give them fifteen seconds, they're still going to talk for sixty. Yeah. So we try and do the lightning pitch. So it's like essentially one sentence. I have tried that on my own. I, I, I started off at Click and Talk and there was a few new members that couldn't, I don't know, their sentences and the paragraphs maybe mixed up in their heads, but they would talk for quite some while. I was saying basically talk for one sentence and when you pause for breath, I'm going to the next person. <laughs> I actually really like the 10 second pitches um, because, you know, if you give people a minute, they will take at least a minute to say what they've got to say. And and often they, they've said the most important things in that first sentence. Mm. And, you know, I've listened to so many pitches where people, they start off great and succinct and then they start to waffle and they lose yeah. people. So the fact that you're only giving people 10 seconds and moving on to the next one, I thought was a really good idea, actually. And um, you didn't get all that extraneous waffle that nobody needed to hear. <laughs> I mean, that one thing annoys me with the pitches is that people that just don't get to the point. Yeah. They thank, they say, oh, thank you for inviting me. You clicked on a link on a website. You didn't get invited. It's like, why are you saying that? And like, just, they just, there's three, three or four cents that they say. Oh, my God, I hit the microphone. <laughs> uh, they, and then, I mean, I've, I've actually heard some people's pitches and they've got to the end of it and I'm still unsure what they were talking oh, about. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, there was a, somebody the other day and they were talking about Amiga 3 and Amiga 6. And I have a PhD in biochemistry and I was not really following what they were saying. They could have started <laughs> off with the fact that, okay, we all like to eat healthily and there's proteins, carbohydrates and fats and fatty acids. There's two types. There's the, the omega-3 and omega And it's like, I'm sorry, I actually had to say something afterwards. I was saying, look, that pitch was just, unfortunately, yes, I, I sometimes have to bite my tongue. <laughs> and the other thing that really annoys me as well is people with the, the, H, the, um, the LinkedIn URL. Mm-hmm putting it in the chat box. And yeah. I always tell, suggest, highly recommend to people is to um, edit it. Because if there's numbers at the end that LinkedIn puts in, because Chesney Hawks may have told us all that we're the one and only, <laughs> but unfortunately you're not. And there's other people with your same name. So yeah. LinkedIn will put this little bit at the end to randomize the, 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 web, the web addresses, but it's so easy to make a mistake. Yes. And if you make a mistake, LinkedIn has a thing will actually, I've actually scripted questions here, I apologise. Um, it'll actually, it won't show you what the URL was. It'll just say this is not available. So right. I was in an event on Monday and there was over 200 people on the call. So absolutely amazing opportunity to network mm. and get your message out there. And people putting LinkedIn URLs in the chat box and somebody had put a full stop just at the end of the URL. Uh, yeah, And that's, that ruined it. Yeah. Self-sabotage. Another person had oh, somebody who couldn't decide if they were Alison or Ali. 
So the LinkedIn profile was one and they switched it to something else. And I think the other one was business. They had they missed off one of the S's of business. Right. So again, they just wrecked their URL. Yeah. And the thing is, if you if you have the HTTP HTTPS bit at the beginning, yeah. it's a live link. People can click on it. Yes. But the the chat from that event was 164k. <laughs> it was epic. People will click during the event, but the number of people that actually go back and then start searching for it to find all the different people. Yeah. So, yeah, just anytime you put a link in the chat box, make sure that's the right bloody link. And the other one that really drove me nuts was one guy once, he actually has the LinkedIn slash IN slash feed. And that was the LinkedIn URL he was using, right. which basically didn't direct you to his stuff. It directed you to your feed on LinkedIn, which will show all the different posts. Right. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, oh, how long have you been using that for? Oh, since beginning of lockdown, oh six months he'd been using that for. And no one had ever said, I, yeah, I know LinkedIn's quite interesting, but why are you just directing me to the feed? Why can't you direct me to your actual page? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned now then. <laughs> I think I've answered about three questions in one there. I apologise, Liz. There was a structure to this and I've ruined it. There was, but we'll just go with the flow. So um, as people will know by now, you're a, a big fan of LinkedIn. Why that? platform in particular when there's, there's so many other social platforms that you could be using um i quite like the organic reach that if you post something on twitter or facebook it gets buried within mm. minutes if not hours i mean it, they just get buried yeah whereas on linkedin there's a lot of lurkers yes and they'll so there's well, nearly 700 million people signed up but there's a lot of people there that just they'll look at stuff and the thing about the lurkers is they may not like your stuff, but they may like they may like you. Yeah. So they won't like your post, but suddenly you'll get a message from somebody saying, "Oh, I see you do this." Yeah. Can you get in touch? So I was, I mean, I still do a bit of photography just for the hell of it, and I was down at the Dundee waterfront the other day, and we're having, they're building an urban beach. Oh wow! <laughs> so we can have sand, and there's like the the longest bench in Dundee, which is essentially the sort of windbreak for the beach so that the, the sand doesn't we don't know how to have a sandstorm in dundee yeah. of, um, of, of of sand and camels flying across dundee so <laughs> they've put this big windbreak up and it's got a bench on it and i took some photographs and i put it on linkedin and um got a reasonable amount of engagement and then someone liked it and i thought oh okay you work for the company that's in charge of that okay i'll, I'll send you a connection request mm. and they got back to me and said oh we may have some work for you later on in the year Fantastic. And that was just purely from a post on LinkedIn that I just yeah. thought, okay, well, here's something. I can take a photograph and then I can get it out instead of actually, I mean, obviously, if you'd actually emailed someone in, in, in that company and said, oh, I'm a photographer, but you just, you don't have to, you, don't, you just cut through all that nonsense. Yes. Yeah. You just get, and I've had a few occasions where the basis I've got in touch, people have got in touch and they've seen photographs because I tend to, I found that with, I was doing a lot of stuff on Facebook, but so many people were posting photographs on Facebook Whereas for LinkedIn, there was a lot of photographers and they were using the platform so, so badly mm. because it was all about them. I mean, there was one guy and he'd basically been to a, he'd, he'd followed some people around a golf course, taken some photographs of them at a prestigious golf course. And then in the evening, he'd done a presentation on a laptop and a thing. But the way he wrote it was so snooty and sort of self-right. And he was like, well, that it, that's like two minutes of my day that I won't get back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you took some photographs, you've got a laptop 
good for you. But I mean, so that's what I, that's what I was always trying to do is adding value. So I would see something in the news and I think, oh, have I got a better photograph than that? Oh, yeah, probably. And then I would do a little post. So then they see the pretty photograph and then there's a bit of news there thinking, mm-hmm. oh, such, like the other day I had a, a picture of a railway train crossing a sort of steam, sorry, railway train, a steam train crossing the Tay Rail Bridge, yeah. which you won't see again because they actually worked out that a steam locomotive is actually too heavy for the bridge. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it, it won't be happy. You can go across the fourth bridge, that's fine. Yeah. Because obviously that is so over-engineered, it's, it's yeah. insane. The amount of steel that was, steel was used in, in that structure. So I had a picture of that train crossing the bridge, and then I did a post about the fact that the Scottish government had just announced that the railways would be nationalised in Scotland, mm-hmm. which was obviously quite a contentious issue regarding mm-hmm. Scottish politics and, national, and nationalising things. So I put the two together and that had um that had a bit of activity on that one yes didn't get too heated thankfully i thought it might go a bit nuts because um sometimes the um the comments not not on mine particularly but i have seen some comment threads in linkedin go i mean people swearing at each other <laughs> yeah what, what's what's your advice on that you know when when people put really contentious posts up is it is it wise to get involved in the argument yeah, I don't. It's a difficult one. I mean, that's what some people do it deliberately to have a marmite post. Mm. That some people love it, some people hate it. Some people really agree with you, and some people won't. But yeah, I, and the thing is, though, the whole thing about social media. If you something that you strongly disagree with, if you actually comment on it, you have interacted with that post. So mm-hmm. the algorithm says, "Oh, Liz really likes." Yeah. post about this and you're thinking yes. no i don't i hate those sort of posts <laughs> yeah so i think a lot of times it's actually better to i mean either i mean if you think it i mean there is actually a thing you can actually report a post so mm-hmm. if the post is truly offensive and abhorrent then you can actually report it and then they can there's there's channels it'll go through but i think a lot of times but i think it's it depends on how the how the how the conversation is going but obviously it's good to have meaningful discussion but i've seen some of them and they're basically they're, they're swearing at each other yeah I mean, I, if any anytime I spot a mistake in someone's post, I'll always send them a personal message. I'll never put it in the comments. No. The once I saw a classic example where someone had redone their website and they said, oh, just redone the website, really love to get some feedback, please send me a message about it. And they mentioned the message thing, but obviously they hadn't disabled the comments. So then everyone just started in the comments <laughs> saying, oh, well, this is wrong and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I actually said something, you realise what you've done and you've just, people are lazy, they'll just put it in the comments. So disable the comments. Yeah. The only thing about disabling the comments actually, which is quite strange, is that if you had like 100 good comments and then some, and then it went dark and you thought, okay, let's just pause that. If you disable it, all the comments disappear. Oh, right. So you lose everything. So all the positive yeah. stuff goes. Yeah. So that it's almost like the nuclear option. So really, initially, you should be deleting comments and blocking. But I mean, if you've kicked up a hornet's nest and it's just getting really, really dark and bad, then you may wish to disable them. And some yeah. people will actually disable from the from the outset. Yeah. Now, I know that you run a whole course about um, how to use LinkedIn effectively. Um, what kind of things do, does the course cover? Everything you can do for free. I don't talk about the dark arts of Sales Navigator. Um, I was at a course, I was actually a thing the other day and someone at the end said, oh, and I recommend everyone buying, buying Sales Navigator. And I was thinking, that's a bit like finding, telling someone who just passed their driver's test on the 20th attempt, go get a Ferrari. Yeah. With LinkedIn, 
once you've unst understood all the little subtle nuances of the free version, then you can get the the, the, the sports car version. Yeah. But I mean, if you're lost on LinkedIn and then to get Sales Navigator, you'll be even more lost. Yeah. You'll be completely flummoxed. So essentially, I've broken it into sections. So you've got a whole thing about your profile. So from top to bottom, from your URL, your headshot, which is the most important photograph you'll ever post on LinkedIn, your headline, which is really important, and that gets misused so often. You mm -hmm. get people that use have the word business owner. So every time you like or comment, your little smiley face will appear. And it's always good to have a smiley face. Look at the camera, not be looking off to the side or that someone's just stole your chip butty or whatever. You've got to be look happy, look approachable and confident. The people that have the logos, I'm never a big fan of those. But that little bit of text underneath the headline, that is absolute gold as well. You've yeah. actually got 220 characters. When you're doing a comment, only about first maybe 50 or so will show. Yeah. But certainly if you've got business owner or something just really vague, it's just it's just such a waste because you can tell people what you do and think, oh, my God, that's the – oh, this person's a, a sleep expert. Yeah. That's really handy. I haven't slept for 40 days now. I'm going to contact them. Whereas if you say just the business owner, I mean, they've got no idea. So, yeah. I mean, always put that in that little bit. Just summarize how you help people. And it's it's always about them. It's not about you. It's how – I know it's a bit of a contentious issue, the word help, because everyone seems to be helping someone with it. But it does work. Yeah, it, it is. And, it, and it's a short word as well. It's only four letters. Yeah. And every character counts. Um, yeah. So basically, the first section's all about the profile. I'm having a big push about the featured section as well, because that's another one that people really underutilize. The one that really knows me actually is, is, is people that have a photo. Mm. So they'll feature a photo. So really great eye candy, but complete dead end. You yeah. click on the photograph. Photograph is big, but there's no call to action. Complete dead end. So it's like you direct them down a, a blind alley. Whereas you could have a link to your website, your calendarly, your best your your best um, article, which you can basically showing how 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 experienced you are in that particular field. So the whole load of stuff about the profile, and then I've got another section about connecting. So talking about following and connecting and setting up groups, setting up polls, all the little bits, and then there's two sections on content. So there's like the basic content. And then the more advanced content, and I'm sort of talking about when to post, mm -hmm. um, comparing different things and which will work and which won't, and then telling you sort of suggested subjects of things to post on. So, that, and the thing as well is that because there's so much to cover and because people have such short attention spans, because we're all very busy now and a lot of people are doing webinars and it's like, well, I can't, I can't manage an hour on a Tuesday morning or an hour and a half. So... I've broken all the lessons into between one and six minutes. Right. Because yeah. someone told me that after six minutes, most people are, are drooling on the keyboard. They're fast asleep. So I thought, <laughs> okay, six minutes, that's the magic number. So a lot of them are one or two minutes. So you can basically say, okay, what was that bit about changing your URL or how do I feature something? So you can just go in and watch that lesson. And the ones you're thinking, okay, well, my headshot is amazing. I don't need to, to watch the thing about headshots again. And I think there's a bit on security and a bit on hashtags. Mm -hmm. But there's about 90-odd lessons. I keep on thinking of stuff and adding it. <laughs> so it's a bit of a thinking, oh, I can do that. And you did that. But I wrote an article yesterday, and I, I realized that when you write an article on LinkedIn, if you add a photograph to the article and you think, well, that's the wrong photograph, you can't actually delete it. Right. I know on a post, I always knew what on a post, once you've posted an, a, a post on LinkedIn, 
you cannot change that photograph. Yeah. So that that was I did I did actual a bit about this about the people that put quotes on photographs. Yeah. And there's typos in the quotes. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> which just drives me nuts. So I actually had one I deliberately put four typos in. And then someone said, actually, there's five because you've actually capitalized the word life because it was originally the first word. And then I changed it to a life. So I right. had actually intentionally made a made a typo. But I've lost my train of thought now, unfortunately. I'm not being able to change the picture. Yeah. So, so you can't change the picture on an article. Once you've actually added the picture, you haven't actually published it, but you can't actually change the picture. Oh, so right. I had to. You, so the only thing you could actually do would be to start another article and then start copying and pasting stuff across yeah. and there's no spell check oh, there is annoying. no spell check on linkedin articles so i always say to people use a word processor yeah and then copy all the time for everything use yeah. it because they they happen and then especially if you're putting something putting your your inspirational quotes onto onto pictures yeah and because then it's it's almost i keep hitting hit the microphone here I'm gesticulating with my hands and I keep hitting the microphone. I apologise. Whoever's doing the sound on this, they have my sympathies. <laughs> That'll be me then. <laughs> okay, Liz, I apologise. <laughs> you're a one. You're a one lady. You can do everything. You can do the. You can do the singing. You can do this. You can do that. And you can edit the edit the sound afterwards. I'll do my best anyway. <laughs> I was wondering whether you'd noticed any um, difference in the use of LinkedIn over the last year when we've all been you know, locked down for so long. Um, do you think it's been used more or differently? I think it's been used more and unfortunately as well, there was a lot of people that were just going to all the um, face-to-face events and literally throwing business cards across the room Mm. and running out and they're now on LinkedIn and they're essentially just sending the direct messages and they're basically pitching. They're basically connect and then pitch, connect and then pitch. So they're just annoying the hell out of people. But someone told me something the other day, which I thought was quite amusing, that they were getting loads of automated messages. So essentially, they someone had been using Sales Navigator. They had their big list of names, and then they had a message that they were blasting out to everybody. Mm. So what they would do is they'd actually put an emoji as their first name, <laughs> and then the rest, their proper name, they put into the second box. Yeah. Because you've actually got 50 characters for each. Right. So you can quite easily fit your name in the second box. Yeah. So then when Sales Navigator then had this list, it'd pick up the first field, which was smiley face or whatever. Yeah. So then when you look at your messages, you're thinking, oh, hi, smiley face. Yeah, I don't think a human sent that delete. <laughs> so that you could basically see with that yeah. just scanning because the emoji was stand out so well. I mean, you wouldn't even have to look at the, the mail. You know that there anything yeah. with emoji was from a bot, so you could just yeah. delete them all. Because yeah. then some people were actually getting absolutely played. There's particular industries where they think, okay, I've got a product and you need this product mm. and I'm going to pester you. Mm. So that's the whole, that's one thing about LinkedIn that people, a lot of people do wrong is that they rush for the sale. Yeah. They basically connect, pitch, connect, pitch, whereas it's all about building the relationship. You should never really actually be selling on LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn is sort of getting to know you and then you have the Zoom call or the phone call or... Maybe even a cup of coffee yeah. <laughs> across a table. Or or even I I reckon networking's gonna come back in a big way. Oh yeah, they'll all be out there walking and talking. <laughs> I can't wait to be able to uh get back face to face again. Uh, one one of the ones that I've really missed is um you know, just being able to go out for a meal. I used to go to Wired Curry once a month. 
and we'd all, all you know, lots of business people meet together for a curry, which is the best food and the best time. I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Yeah, indeed. Well, thank you ever so much, Stephen. You've given us lots of golden nuggets there, I think, about using LinkedIn and um, what mistakes to, to avoid. And um, where can people find you? Or LinkedIn, obviously. Um, and, but find out more about your, your course in particular. Well, if you can find me on LinkedIn, you will certainly find the course. But otherwise, it, the website would be do you do it? You don't do show notes, do you? With the I little do. links in, yes, you yes, do. Yeah, you put the links in the show notes. Okay, well, yep. the link will be in the show notes. But otherwise, if you can't find the show notes, lostonlinkedin.co.uk is my is my weird and wacky website, and um, there's lots of nuggets in there regarding. There's a whole thing about on the very first page. There's a bit about using the Zoom chat. Mm. So essentially what I've been saying earlier about what to post in the Zoom chat regarding URLs. And there's also three little how-to videos. So there's one on editing your URL, which I recommend doing. Mm -hmm. Another on featuring posts on your profile page, which is another really, really powerful thing to do. And the third one is on two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. So essentially you, you set up the phone to basically if anybody logs, if a new device logs into LinkedIn, They'll be asked for a code. Yeah. And that just takes literally a minute or two. But I mean, it could save you a lot of grief because yes. apparently if you do get your account hacked, then you've got to start sending photographs, photocopies of your part or pictures of your passport to some help thing. And they can. Yeah. So it's yeah. a wise word, a wise investment of your time. That sounds like a very good idea. Well, thank you very much. That's been absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure I will see you at a networking event online soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.